Greetings, film fans. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of The Big Review Ski. As you probably noticed from my lack of sexual voice, I am not on Darty, <gasps> but I am. I am uh, Rory Cashin, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Paul Moore. This is just a weird kind of mindset after reaching my brain in terms of sitting down and hearing that music and seeing your lovely self, but it's great to be here, Rory. Thank you very much for that nice intro. Better known, I might say. Better what? Better intro than known. Oh, thank you, yeah. You didn't insult me or anything like that. It feels weird. It's early. Usually at this stage, I'm defending myself. But we both are. We, it's early. It's yeah. early. Uh, but, you know, we have to keep the triangle strong. That's and, true. And uh, in, 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 in own stead, we have the lovely... Kara, Kara, would you mind? Hello. Introducing yourself. <laughs> well, as has already said, I'm I'm lovely. Apparently, I oh, know I am lovely. So I am Kara O'Doherty, which is interesting because I have replaced Owen Doherty. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Was this intentional to have a Doherty in the building? Um, it's contractually obliged under review scheme that Doherty yeah. must always be present for every minute of recording and or second. Yes, and uh, actually, uh, accidentally half of the company call him Owen O'Doherty anyway. That's true. I'm not entirely sure why. I, I have to say, I think the first show we did, we went round table and between, uh, back in Laura, God rest her soul, she froze to death in the big freeze. Yep. We all answered about our favourite film. So I think Cara... Oh. See, I, I went That's for... That's how we get to know you. In case you need to know, Rory's one is pretty much... Aliens. Yes, and slash showgirls. We've yes. established over the weeks. I went for Mac and Me, which is just like, I mean, sure. like won all those Oscars all that years, you know, and, and all those sequels and all that billions and made the box office. So, and uh, Owen went for Raiders, I think, didn't he? He did. He did. So, Cara, spotlight on you. Oh, the one. That, that's a tough one. Now, you know, there's, there's, always, there's a few. No. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> there's only one. No, one. there's only one. You're uh, not Owen Darty. You don't get 10 choices. Uh, Owen gets 10. The Searchers. Nice. Oh wow John Ford John Ford I, That is left yeah. field And I appreciate that There you go good, now Good for you Good for you So this week's episode Is uh, a bit of a Netflix special Because um, We'll be chatting to Not only the director Of the hit uh, Documentary The Staircase But also Paul You managed to Sit down with the bad guy from Luke Cage season uh, Rory, two. I believe I got the interview. You a did. gentleman by the name of Mustafa Shakir, a very charming, very talented actor. You might have noticed from from Riot in Cell Block Nine Nine, was it? Oh, um, the one with Vince Vaughn that yeah, really Brawl and Cell Block. Yes, and he's also in the Deuce and the Night of the HBO dramas, which are really good. And uh, yeah, he plays Bushmaster in Luke Cage, and it was a really interesting chat. Mm. So. That's fun. Are you, are you a Luke Cage fan? I am, although I haven't I haven't moved on to... Season two? Yes. Yeah, it's not bad. Have you seen The Staircase? No. So, <gasps> I'm, yeah, I'm very useful altogether. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to learn loads well, like, in this episode. Well, once you listen to the interviews, you should be like, well, I'm definitely going to sit down I feel like I know all everything. of them. Uh, we will also be reviewing all of this week's new releases. We will also be having a high clue, which... Uh, well, we'll get to that because it's yeah, a, that's it's, not going to work. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to yeah. that. But before all of that, this week's big question, Paul. It is me this week. Spotlight, Jesus, I'm sweating. Uh, with Whitney being released, that's the documentary on Whitney Houston, and music biopics are always in vogue. And we also have, I think, Bohemian uh, Rhapsody, Rhapsody coming yeah. out later, which is uh, the uh, Rami Malek film about the life of Freddie Mercury. So I was curious. We've also had like a plethora of them. You've got Walk the Line, you've got Ray, all Oscar winning stuff. If you could choose an artist to make a music biopic of, mm -hmm. who would it be and who would you cast in the leading role? That's a fantastic question. 
Um, One of those and it's, it's actually yeah. kind of, if you think about it, it's two fantastic questions. Oh. So you pulled it out <laughs> with your multi-questions. Uh, Keep it holy, though. No one's pulling anyone. Okay, sorry. Uh, since we're brand new shampoo here, can we let you go first? Uh, Dean Martin. Oh, that would be really okay. cool. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he literally, you said, it, you said it there, would be really cool. He was the king of cool. Mm. But he was actually quite interesting. He didn't really like all the parties he went to and, and doing everything that he, he kind of had the persona of. But he was Mr. Party. He had like the, the ran the Rat Pack. He was kind of, he was the boss of it, even though it was always seemed like Sinatra. Yeah. But it was really interesting that actually he was this guy who just wanted to go home to his wife. He had mm. three in the end and he had umpteen children. <laughs> but I just think that's really interesting to be this guy who has this outside of being, you know, Mr. Popular, Mr. Crazy Man. His, his license plate was drunky. Really? <laughs> and he didn't actually even drink that much. So yeah, I just think it'd be really interesting to see that kind of, that guy who just wants to, wants to go home and have a cup of tea and a sandwich. Now, for uh, any of our, let's say, significantly younger yes. listeners, they may not immediately know who you mean by Dean Martin. So here's a little bit of one of his more famous tracks. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Kind of just so want that to keep he going. Thinks love is when you're so high on drugs <laughs> that a moon hits your face like a pizza. Is that right? <laughs> well, well, okay. Well, if someone wants to fall in love with me, pizza would be a good way to do it. They'd also That's, need drugs. Well, Sorry, I, I slipped it on. You <laughs> You've been reading my dating profile. <laughs> so, who would you have cast as Mr. Dean Martin? Do you know? There's nobody who really looks quite like him. He had he was I mean, he was Italian. He spoke he he was born in the states. He didn't speak a word of English until mm. he was seven. Um, and he was quite he was kind of, he was kind of a, a biggish biggish fella. He liked his pizzas. Uh, but I actually think I think Bradley Cooper. Okay, oh, and we know yeah. now he can yeah, sing. He can sing because of he, that yeah. uh, uh, Star Is Born trailer. Yeah, it's exactly. so I'm so happy that he can sing as well as everything. He can so do good. Everything, really. We're a big fans of handsome people being insanely and talented. Just, in the show. Like, it's mu- great. But, but it's like, great for them. But like multi-talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not He's just not he, he can't average. just act really yeah. well. He can also sing and he can direct do all really the well. things. Really, so yeah. good for you, Brad. That's a great uh, show. Yeah, I could definitely see that, and I would definitely watch that. So my choice. <laughs> uh, Rory, this is going to be like deep down and dirty, like real sexy biopic, I think. I Knowing you, it's going to be real raunchy or something. There is an aspect of it, let's say, but you Stan- should... Standard you, passion. You, you should, should know who friends? it is. <laughs> you should know who it is almost immediately. Nice. Now... No big deal, it's one of the best pop songs of all time, but whatever. Uh, that is, of course, Aaliyah. And she had a very interesting but tragically short life. Um, and I would love to see Tessa Thompson play her oh. in, oh, in, in the movie. You can um, see that, actually. Yeah, I, that, that's one of the few like artists that when they died, I was like, oh my God, this is the saddest thing that's ever happened. And if you go back and... I doubt anyone will do it unless like Oliver Stone attempts to but like there's some serious conspiracy theories as to how the plane crash was caused and reasons behind it Um, uh, that that obviously resulted in her death but like she's a fantastic she was a fantastic musician as well Um, and Tessa Thompson is amazing and she can sing as well because she's on the new Janelle Monáe album so um, yeah that's that that was it Romeo Must Die was Aaliyah's 
film is that the one she, or is it that's Edgar what Moons? that song is from yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought, and yeah, she yeah. was in uh, Queen of the Damned which was, was she? one of the worst films I've ever seen I forgot she was in that that was gorgeous yeah. Yeah, Stuart, her, own, yeah. her own Stuart Townsend oh. which was uh, really quite quite terrible um, Paul I'm going to go kind of older school now and older than oh, Dean Martin yeah, I think, I think it, yeah maybe just a, maybe is it 10 like years Mozart or yeah, is yeah. he old that, he's already been done yeah he's been done Amadeus all right, You're not going to top that. All right, then. Uh, I'm going to go for Marvin Gaye. Just because. Oh. Nice. Just can we, can you stop? Let's just, can we just hear some Marvin? Ah. God damn, it's a great song. It really is. Just, just, just a jam. Voice. He was a sexy man. He really was. So who's playing Marvin? I would go for Sterling K. Brown. Okay. Yeah, I would go for him. Can he sing? I'm surprised you didn't that. say like Chadwick Boseman. I was thinking he Chadwick. Literally everyone I was else. thinking Chad, but I was kind of thinking left to centre now. And Sterling yeah. K. Brown and this, this is good. And uh, what I've seen of Artemis Hotel, he seems quite good. And he's starting to just really pop in that. But in terms of Gay's life, like he's just, you have obviously the whole horrific background of how he's brought and his dad used to beat him and ultimately took his life which is just dramatic because he got there but also like the albums the what's going on and you know uh, the anti-war stuff he's done in terms of voice he also tried out for the Detroit Lions he was about to pack in music he went on trial and was very close to joining them wow he was so, so he has that side as well and also do you know Ain't No Mountain High Enough Tammy Terrell the singer with that sure. she collapsed in his arms and died He's like one of his like, close Christ, friends. I know. How is he not and aside from that, and, and, yet, and yet he has so much like soul and sadness to his voice. I just I think mean, it kind of fair. Girlfriend collapsed yeah. in your arms and died. Should yeah. we put this podcast on hold and just like just write that script? Pitch this script right Hollywood. now. Hollywood. Totally do. Pick apparently, it up. Apparently they've been trying to make it for years and uh, just never got off the ground. But uh, you know, just this back catalogue of music is insane. Well, uh, if you have any other uh, musicians or musical acts out there that you'd love to see the biopic of and who you'd like to play them, please do send them. Was at Big Review Ski hey, on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to pretend that Cara, we don't pick, have a, a, pick, pick, pick a number. Five, four, yes. Yes. Text us at five, seven, four, nine. seventy-two. Perfect. Yes. Sorry. Plus three, three, five, three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the rest of the number you just heard. Now we yeah. don't. Well, I'm just going to pretend we don't have that phone we number don't, anymore. No. So, but do tweet us at Big Review Ski and let us know uh, which musical acts and who you'd like to hear play them uh, in the movie version. <clears throat> Next, Paul, it's you again. Yeah. You've got a Never example stopped. high clue. Now, Cara. You tune in every week. Uh, to be, I, ha- I, I have listened to a number of these, but... I, a I number? One, <laughs> zero is a number. Three, five, seven, two, plus three, five, three, was that? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> well, she actually knows the number. <laughs> Weird. No, uh, I, but I, I, don't, I don't really get it. The high clue. No, I, like, okay. I, I get it when I hear it, but You're I don't... You're after upsetting Rory, because yeah, Rory's sorry. a big fan of Japanese poetry oh. and cinema. Oh, he loves like, his I, Japanese I, poetry. Yeah. It's all, like, just tattoos of Japanese poetry just all over. It's not a pleasant sight. I, but, thought, I thought you were in the Yakuza, but anyway. Uh, the high clues are, it's based on the high coup. Five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables, and every sentence and every word, potentially, is a clue to a movie title. Now, we will have a competition one we later. Will. But Paul has the example one to get your mind working. So, okay, do you need a? You're gonna to need to write oh, this down. Oh, right. Real sharp. Pen by the way, Cara, mine are usually not adhering to the five seven five. So I think I just randomly just throw stuff in there. So right. We'll see how it goes. Owen and Owen usually keeps me in check. So you're Owen this week, okay? Yeah. Okay. First line: miles of hard work. 
Okay. Second line, Triple J loves cracking whip. Third line, seat and stick for part. I have it. I seat think. and stick, stick for, part. for part. Yeah. So that again, first line, miles of hard work. Second line, Triple J loves cracking whip. And the third line, seat and stick for part. Yeah, I definitely have it. Yeah, I think you I think Rory, it's fairly fairly obvious. Cara, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> don't say it's obvious. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's obvious. Oh, don't be. Ah, <laughs> uh, she's exactly like Owen. Remember when we tease her when she doesn't get it? Ah, uh. the only one I'm not getting is the last line. See, then, like I I understand the. I understand the words, but I don't understand any. Okay, Rory, let's see. Uh, write it down. Let's see if yeah, if I if you're right. No, so. I, def- I definitely got it right. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely did. It's. Do you have any clue, Carrie? Do you think, or what are you thinking? Uh, um, What's the first thing that pops into your head? It's not. Well, it's everything is showgirls usually, but this it's clue. Not, it's not showgirls. Yeah, we're changing. Is there up. any word in there that's sticking out? Thinking that could be an actor's name or a reference. Miles to Teller. Movie? Something to do with him. That's okay, a, that's a very good show. Okay. Okay. Can you? See anything else? Oh God, this is this is hard work. This is pressure it, now. Yes, it's in there. And here she was slating her high clues only five minutes <laughs> no, ago. No, 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 no. I just said that I wasn't quite sure how I was going to <clears throat> take part in this. Part. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. I feel like she's saying it. I feel like you were. Like, yeah, it's like, like you're, it's just you know just it's just there, getting it, literally dangling in front of you. <laughs> Can I go? This home is now? fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Have mercy. Miles of hard work. So that is Miles Teller you doing a lot of hard work. Correct. Right. Triple J loves cracking whip. Triple J would be J. Jonah Jameson. You are correct. He was that. played by what's his face? J.K. Simmons. Thank you very much. Loves cracking whip, being a bit of a hard boss, but also whip is in the title of the movie. It is indeed. Seat and stick for, for part. part. Now he sits at the drums. He has his stick to hit the drums. You remember for he, part? For part, the part. You have to earn the part. When he remember he has the three drummers and he constantly drills them against each other like and your man adjusts the seat the seat was the fault. You, you, oh, you're gonna play well. Okay. And the drum stick because it's famous that shot at the end, you know, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. blood dripping on the cymbals and stuff like that. And the film of course is Showgirls. Yes. It was replaced. You, just, you thought it was Whiplash Car, didn't you? You saw Miles Teller. You wanted to shout out, didn't you? No, no. I wouldn't have done that. Do you, just was, yeah, do you understand? Do you clo- do you, are you any closer to understanding the process of... The high clue? High clues yes. now? Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of question marks in your intonation there. But, you know what? Uh, she's gonna re- we're going to have her back. She's lying through her teeth. She's perfect <laughs> yeah, for the show. Yeah. She's screaming up. <laughs> I got the answer to one of them. Okay, so that was the example high clue. We will have the competition high clue later on. Uh, but before then, we're coming to the top ten. And normally this is where on uh, Gu- Guantanamo Bay's Tor- yeah, yeah. very unsettling music where we go to the cinema. So instead, I'm going to sit here in silence for three seconds. That was fun. <laughs> I, enjoyed I feel like that. the Angelus is about to I enjoyed that a lot. So, okay, top ten of the box office this week. This week, this week, Squeaky. number ten, Sherlock Gnomes. Any gnome puns? Uh, Noam Chomsky writing the adaptation of the book, I believe now. And uh, any gnome puns? Carry your freshness. You're going to fill here. Well, I think for another five seconds of what could run. Just say no. It's fine. What about a humanitarian film like The Constant Gardener? Like, would it revolves around an NG gnome? Oh, I thought you were yeah. going to say the constant gardener gnome. That would yeah, work. That, that would work. Like, <laughs> the constant the, garden gnome. Yeah, love, the garden gnome. That's it. That's it. Like I love when I stumble into stuff. <laughs> it makes me sound smart. Number nine is Sanju. S A N J U. Any ideas what that is about, Paul? 
Um, I feel you're about to say a something man, really, a man, really <laughs> a man named Sanju who gets lost in the sand. Okay. And he's desperate for water, so he mm-hmm. drinks the residue or dew from any sort of rocks he can find. Okay. In the process, he realizes an important lesson in himself and realizes that he can survive against the elements in the Sahara, which are unforgiving. And for some reason, there's a best friend who is a talking rabbit. Cool. Um, Does the rabbit die? Well, if, I, I if presume, it's Paul, I, I, it'll be, yeah, I, well, it's, well, it's imaginary, but the plot twist is it's actually real, and then he probably ends up eating them. He'd have to, wouldn't he? Because yeah. you know, it, yeah, that's that's how I think this thing's going going to unfold. Well, apparently, Sanju is a biopic of the controversial life of actor Sanjay Dutt, his film career, his jail sentence, and his personal life. So it's kind of right. Um in a way I'm sure he had a pet rabbit there's a man in it right yes yeah so I got that part right you did you did yeah Yeah. and there's no there's no indication either way of there being a rabbit so you could be right Uh, number eight was Hereditary Cara have you seen Hereditary I seen Hereditary opinion opinion I loved it right up to the end I was five star loving it the whole way through and that ending just didn't work for me I was like oh so what what did you end up I went with four in the end because I mean it was it it, it, seriously performance wise it, it really that not spoiling, but the thing, the, the accident, there's sure. an accident, mm-hmm. and uh, Christ, I have rarely been so shocked. Yeah, and I just sat there for the next ten minutes with this weird shiver through me, going, "Oh my god!" So you know, it was really, it, it's it's a fantastic film, but that ending just, yeah. I was like, "Ah, lads, come on now." Yeah, that seems that seems to be the marmite moment for everyone. I really enjoyed it, but uh, I can't totally understand why people were were turned off by the sudden. Uh, Left turn. That yeah. it takes. I mean, there's so many things they could have done. So yeah, I just don't know why they. That would have went really good and interesting. But that now, no, just now. <laughs> so that's number eight. Number seven is a movie called Patrick. Paul, <laughs> I'm not doing this again. You're not doing it again. <laughs> well, have you seen Do Patrick? I, it. I uh, honestly, I feel bad. It's a film about a pug. Yes. And how can you be mean about a pug? But it was pug and awful. <sighs> I like it. We moved on to pug, oh pug my, puns now. Oh my god, it's great! <laughs> it's a pugly film, yeah. Uh, okay, so that was Patrick, but it's about like a woman whose life is in it is, it's, disarray. It's a, weird, it's a weird hybrid of Bridget Jones. Uh, in some ways, her life is a disaster. Of course, she can't get anything right. Her boyfriend, so stuck, her life is awful. She's and stuck she, in puggetry. She, she's stuck in puggetry, and she inherits this dog. That was good. I like that one. <laughs> I did, I did enjoy that there. one an awful lot as I'm not sure uh, you know, we're just going to leave it there's no point there's nothing nothing we can take it's going to get any better than that number six Dublin Old School Paul you yeah. actually did see this one I did get to see this hey it's like World Cup season on I'm lucky I leave, I the room, leave my I couch no one knows no one invites me to the World Cup podcast it's so. practically like a letter indentation of me on my couch it's pretty cool and bit weird actually as well can they ask Dublin Old School Paul yeah let's <laughs> go to Paul thoroughly enjoyed it uh, didn't uh, really really like this um, bizarrely enough my neighbour popped up I was like oh I used to live with her uh, she'll go and come it's a very talented actress by the name of Leah Minto yes um, really love the energy uh, Dublin looks great uh, very original as well actually that they the way they shot it and that you think that oh I'm kind of used to seeing every part of Dublin mm. some, but they've made it feel like fresh and original uh, the continuity is actually very good because this is the one thing that kind of yes. bugs me as an Irish as a Dubliner or whether you're from Cork or Galway if you see something that's shot in your own town you're like they couldn't get from there to there you can't that make time. that left turn and end yeah. up on that street that's that not building is not maps there. Yeah. so it's, uh, it's a lovely kind of love letter to Dublin although I did think it had a problem in how it wanted to end I thought 
um, it just kind of just crept up on you. I was like, okay, there's that great scene. In, there's a great scene in Wicklow, and then you kind of euphoric high, and then you kind of come back, and then it just sort of just drifts. Yeah. Rather than a kind of emotional, real. I would have preferred kind of the high, but there's a there's a but good moment, good acting scene between. But then it just sort of just it kind of just drifts. I found kind of like pa- parallels to look to like a night out. Where yeah, you're like, yeah so exactly. you do have a you massive have high, and then there is the kind of come down where you're like, well, now what? And yeah. you just have and to deal with the, the hangover of what you've just done to yourself. And you so, know uh, that that euphoric thing that they they go through. Trying not to be spoilery there. Sure. How do we yeah. phrase I it? I appreciate it. But I think like that's, that's not going to last. We're at the airport. <laughs> Hi plane. <laughs> uh, that yeah, that buzz is not going to last, and you just know that yeah, they're going to go back the next day, and they're like, now what do we do with ourselves? Yeah. So I do. I think it was. I think it was very true. So to yeah. what a night yeah. is. But there's a uh, the uh, masterclass. There's one amazing scene when they're kind of having that heart to heart in the and alley for people to think that's the one thing that kind of stayed me. It's just that Jesus, this is as raw as like yeah. a, a vein yeah, you're feeling, you know. Proper, yeah. That was a proper, proper hair great scene. Really felt it. But yeah, um, it's getting great, uh, great reviews. We we Rory's chat about it all last week. Uh, very comprehensive and professional review, and you're 100 yeah. percent right. I really enjoyed it. And go check it out. Uh, yes, and our interview with the two lads is up on the. YouTube channel as well uh, so do check that out as well number five this week is Tag now Paul you thought this was okay it was okay yeah um, Cara basically just yeah bunch of lads excuse to get the bunch of lads together yeah actually no I have to say I'm not usually a huge fan of films like that but mm. I thought there was lovely chemistry between them yeah. and I just thought that that kind of they really felt like friends for 30 years I just thought it was quite an unexpected nice film mm. and I the, there's a bit of a curveball later on and I, I just thought it just had a lot of heart and the fact that it's a true story I mean that that's was, mad that, that's looming my mind like, there I was like what you know if you heard if you heard, if you hear the plot really you will think Geez, that's that's not great at all yeah. but when you hear that it's real you have to go and see it just just it's unbelievable and the footage of the real life guys at the end I just think that's gorgeous in fairness I, I found they all kind of know their roles like you've seen Ed Helms do this in like, in like Cedar Rapids and mm. he's kind of he's, he's very good at that kind of tightly wound guy that's just about to go off on one John Hamm doing comedy is is great because John Hamm is John Hamm and John Hamm is the coolest man well done John you well can do everything John. really well good man and, <laughs> good uh, for you big fan of Isla Fisher when she goes batshit crazy in films so yeah um, Jeremy Renner been, been funny <laughs> he's very funny when he's funny it's a great yeah. sentence there Cara isn't it he's very funny when it's funny <laughs> funny is funny when it's funny but the action sequence is pretty cool they did the whole Sherlock oh he comes in from the yeah, left and all that so kind of and the fact that he broke both of his arms on the first day of filming that is mad that's crazy yeah. and he redid the scene he was like that hurt good man hot guy redid I'll not do it again and then went Oh, I'm actually no, sexier. This is not hurt. good. Yeah. yeah. So his arms are CGI'd back on. Yeah. Well, obviously they didn't come off, but they were out here. And it, yeah, they went full Cavill mustache yeah. for his arms for the rest. So of you the need film. to get Renner's arms and Cavill's mustache together. We can make like a cinematic potato man type person and just uh, put all the stuff together. Frank and Cavill. Yeah. Mm. Frank and Cavill sounds properly nightmarish. Number four is Adrift, which was the Charlene Woodley, Sam Claflin. Uh, Lost that at Sea romantic I drama you said it I did uh, we reviewed it last week and I thought it was fine yeah. one word review Carol yeah, no fine yeah fine. I mean, yeah fine she's great in it she is good she's actually good I, don't, yeah. I do like her number three was Sicario 2 Soldado or Sicario Day of the Soldado or whatever you're calling it from or your local uh, country that you're listening to from uh, I reviewed it last week 
Paul. Have you seen it since then? Nah, too much football on. I suppose Mexico was playing. That's true. <laughs> so, I, feel, yeah. <laughs> I did my. Put a segue I, I, in there. Either Mexico, I did my part. Football or Mexico movie, but I, I can't my do both. But I did uh, get it. We had the heated debate yesterday. We were like Dublin old school, Sicario two. So I supported the Irish film this week. So yeah, yeah. So you so can't I feel support like them did, in the World Cup. I feel like I did so, my part. So I was like, yeah. here in Mexico for the football, Fair. but giving my money to Irish that cinema makes, this yeah, week. No, that's good. But I am seeing it tonight. So um, yeah, happy out. Yes. yes. So we, we look forward to you chatting about it next week. Which isn't going to do us any good right now. No. No, no not at all. But, Carrie, you have seen it yes. since then. Yeah. Now, we spoke very quickly after I had seen it and you hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. And I said that there has been a bit of a backlash to the movie um, it, since its release. Because I, I reviewed it and I was like, oh, it's pretty good. It's not great. It's not as good as the first one, but it's pretty good. Uh, and apparently there's a massive... Uh, backlash now saying that they think the film is quite racist towards Mexicans because aside from literally one person every other Mexican in the film is trying to kill the good guy Americans who are just trying to do their jobs is that something you picked up on when you were watching it? To be honest I didn't and then I, I thought about it because we had that conversation so I was kind of looking out for it and I suppose in some ways you could say that but the whole point of this film is that these particular Mexican people are bad people it, it, you know they're mm-hmm. they're drug cartel people and I, I don't really think it's 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 wrong to say that drug people are bad people they just happen <laughs> to be Mexican yeah they're, they're you know I mean that's the like it's not like you don't I mean it's not like every Mexican is out to kill them it's it's the Mexican drug people so that's my yeah, kind of thing on it like, like there, there is I, I like there was one scene where I was like okay I kind of I kind of understand where they're coming from where they're they're getting a police escort through somewhere and then the police escort turns in them that I was like you can't even trust the Mexican police but also that was kind of, that was quite a bit of an odd moment I mean it, if it looks brilliant mm. film, like it looks it's a fantastic action scene it's kind of like scene. this movie's version of the border cross from yeah, the first movie yeah so it's, it's so well shot but it comes so out of nowhere yeah. that it's nearly like what, what's going on yeah I was quite confused yeah, so, it's yeah. Not, so yeah it's not one of those kind of curveballs where you're meant to be surprised and confused by it. this is really like who what now I think it felt but, like yeah. everyone was confused watching yeah. it so, uh, so yeah number two Ocean's 8 you you yep. you've seen it I've seen it, I've seen it. One, one review review a lot of fun grand a lot of fun that's your one word review <laughs> <laughs> yes grand that's my review grand grand and number one still number one maybe third or fourth week in a row Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom making all the money I think it's just crossed a billion at the box office now um, won't make as much as the first one did but it will <laughs> it has made enough to ensure that the third one is coming along with the stuff we talked about last week which we're not going to spoil again because we had a little spoiler minute last week where we talked about we did. the future of the of but the, we needed to get that out I don't feel like enough yeah. people have addressed that no oh, the thing. but, they, they, yeah. but I'm very much there. looking forward to seeing what it's like when you open your back door when your your back window and see a gigantic raptor staring at you so I wonder like but that's the see, it yeah. oh, you see how can we talk about this without really spoiling exactly because oh, no, we hard had the minute in some ways they've literally killed their franchise yes like, if you were to have any level of logic, now fair enough, it is big dinosaurs running around, so logic isn't necessarily their 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 key point. It's not the number one priority. No, no. but a part of me also thinks it's actually quite a brave thing to do because you're like, oh my god, this is going to just be literal chaos and madness. Potentially, yeah, this is great. Of, we can I'm, open like Ocean's Eight with raptors. We can open every if it's in that cinematic world. We can have everything with raptors. Just throw a dinosaur like we, in there. Be yeah. great. But like the ter- pterodactyls, how they. Oh, I can't say it without saying anything. No, no. Just go see it and then you'll you'll know the problems we had with it <laughs> this whole time. So that's the top ten. Okay, next step of the show is... Oh, it's the big interview time. Segway. Ray. 
So, big interviews this week. We are doing a Netflix special, and up first is... Uh, I can't remember his name. It was super French. I'll remember it when the interview's over. Um, Jean-Javier Jean Lestrade, I believe, is his name. Is, it? is that not the most... Is it Jean... C'est très français. Oui. Yeah. I think it's, it's Jean-Javier Lestrade. He won, uh, the Oscar winner. He... Oh, the, the Oscar short. winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one, he just, he got that, one, that one time they gave an Oscar yeah, to someone. He's the French dude that did that film on Netflix the there. The French Your guy man. who won it Your and man. got the award. So Le Mans. Le Mans. He, uh, he directed The Staircase uh, when it came out first and then continued to direct it when it came out a second time. And now a third time with extra episodes on Netflix. Uh, Paul, you're a huge fan. Yeah, to be honest, I'm an absolute fiend for all that uh, true crime documentary stuff. I get addicted to it. But this was interesting. I found it more authentic if that's the word than the likes of Making a Murder it was less Hollywood-esque this actually felt kind of, to me kind of more like Zodiac which is like deals mm. in the monotony the boredom and just the sheer mind-numbing you know stupidness of like building a case and what it takes and just the monotony of it and it could be they could have maybe done it in maybe two or three episodes less yeah. but I appreciate the fact that they didn't try and have the flash edits or like you know the leave every episode on a cliffhanger type twist that we're kind of accustomed to and yeah it's a really interesting story and kind of goes into just kind of how shite the legal system is and, and basically if you get a, if a lawyer gets a bone or one particular aspect of the case in this case it was um, it was uh, what's the fella's name the main guy uh, his uh, sexuality and just like in terms of how they spin it and twist it and construct their narrative based on that um, but yeah it's a really good uh, documentary and if you're looking for something to kind of take over your life and consume your entire being yeah. I'd recommend like it, it. Is, it's a whole weekend gone. yeah it really is uh, over the course of the interview we Michael Peterson that's his name Bo <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, the murderer yes. not, the, not yeah. the interviewee over the course of the interview we uh, we spoke about a lot of stuff uh, and I've we, we, we've got some of the editorials uh, some of the stories up on Joe.ie right now one of them is how does uh, Jean-Xavier Lestrade think uh, Michael Peterson would do in current America as opposed to how he did in America 15 years ago uh, another one is we talked about what he is doing with Netflix next because mm -hmm. we, we obviously everyone's like well you've done this and it's great so got, what are you going to do next you got a good line on the L theory as well isn't it well that's what we're about to listen <gasps> to uh, we couldn't put in the whole interview because it was 25 minutes long um, and he has a lot to say but this is what uh, this is what the director had to say about the L theory of the murder in his documentary I assume you've heard about the L theory yeah Yes, 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 uh, yes. What are your personal thoughts on, on the L theory? Do you think it's uh, possible? Do you think it's ridiculous? Do you think it's likely? Um, first, when I... Uh, the first time I heard about the L theory, I thought it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. I laugh, really. Uh, I couldn't believe that, that too. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, but but I start thinking maybe uh, I I may have to look at it. And and I start look at look at the I I, I met with the first man who, who raised that theory. Uh, it's Larry Pollard, a neighbor of Michael Peterson. He was a neighbor of Michael Peterson, he's a lawyer, and um, uh, he's a very serious guy, and uh, he did many, many, many research on that, 
and when you start uh, I, uh, at at uh, uh, hearing what he has to say, hmm, maybe there is something there. So I met with people who knows a lot about uh, all attacks, uh, not about uh, who knows a lot about the behavior of the owls. And I met with different medical examiners, uh, with neurosurgeons, and hmm, maybe, maybe that's a more plausible way to explain the kind of injury that Katrin Peterson is suffering. Um, that might be the, the best way to explain these injuries. The laceration she had at the back of his head, of her head, um, because uh, uh, from the beginning I was, uh, I said to myself, "Wow, wow, wow. Um, if it's a murder, if it's a murder, how can you kill someone in that way with this kind of injuries?" Uh, there is no scurve fracture, no brain hemorrhage, and uh, and uh, and you you if it's a murder, so the, the killer is supposed to have hit her many times on the head. Wow, uh, mm, not sure it's really plausible. And how, how can you? Do you to have this kind of laceration, V-shaped laceration, and uh, and cuts? Uh, not sure. And if it's a fall down the stairs, wow, mm, very strange, strange fall down the stairs. How can you have this again? This kind of injuries by falling downstairs and and the, the the defense tried to to do a very good job in convincing the jury that she fell down the stairs but uh, they didn't buy it and and uh, because it's very 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 strange um, so to me so far and I'm not saying that that's the solution or that that's what happened I don't know what happened but to me, so far, it might be it might be the best way to explain the cut she suffered. Uh, and uh, and uh, again, I I, I, um, I met very different people. I work on that theory. It's I, it's not just reading on the internet what what what. On the, on the internet, but uh, I, 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 um, I really uh, work with it, and, and uh, it might be the best way to explain what happened. So that was Frenchman Jean Xavier. That was a uh, Trédion interview there, Rory. Yes, it was Bellissimo, as they say in Europe. Magnifique, magnifique. <laughs> we're, we're just doing Bellissimo. accents now Bellissimo. for the rest of the show. Bellissimo. Yeah. Italiano, like like Jim Martin. Amore, pizzas. I see it all links back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm Charlie Day here, like the always sunny meme, trying to connect logic here going on. Just like yeah, waving okay. across the board. We'll, we'll make it work. So that's interview number one. Interview number two of our Netflix special was with Mustafa Shakir, who any Luke Cage fans will identify as the new big bad villain on the scene in Harlem. Uh, he plays Bushmaster, and I got to caught up with him ahead of season two being launched. Here is Paul's chat with that bad guy. 
uh, Mustafa, thank you so much for chatting to us at Joe Dye. I have to say, I'm delighted and a little bit scared to meet you after seeing the first few episodes <laughs> of Luke Cage. I presume that's the reaction you're going for. Yeah, yeah, definitely there. Most important question, as we mentioned just off cam, as a former barber, this is so important. Pops list, who doesn't have to pay for free? Who would you have? You wouldn't charge them for a haircut. Oh, that's such you a... Three people, because there's so many you could choose from. Oh, that's so good. I think they had Ali, Pacino. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my, I would have Ali, <laughs> clearly, on there. He's on my T-shirt. Can't go wrong. Um, oof, let me see. I, uh, Malcolm X. Amazing. Um, Obviously for the show as well, at Malcolm X Boulevard, I was there not too long ago. Yeah, absolutely right. And... Uh, for me personally, Sydney Poitier. Nice, good choices, good choices. Mention Harlem actually as a, a Harlem fellow yourself. Was this like, the, like the pinnacle or something you really wanted to fight for and say, "This is me. I really, really want to do this." You know, something that represents you. Um, this, this, this show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't think of it in that way. Like, I, this is me actually, but I, it's a dream come true mm. because I am from Harlem. Yeah. You know, and to be able to. Um, do you know something like you know comic book heightened ability which is also like you know really important to me it's like amazing it's like bringing together a lot of the worlds that I love and so for that it's just like you know yay you didn't have any of your mates saying oh, would you mind seeing if you can talk to producers into filming outside the store or get me a cameo <laughs> or in my bar or any of that none of that happened no no, no <laughs> that's, that's, that's for future stuff you know <laughs> we build um, up the cult of uh, cult of the Bushmaster exactly speaking of them um, pre- the first season kind of struck me as that I'd almost be loath to call them villains because they're such complex characters Biggie Diamondback and Cottonmouth you know basically characters who could have went one way or another but it all turned on one moment uh, in regards to your own character, did you enjoy the kind of complexity and bringing that to a set that it's not just the two-dimensional shows up villain, but, you know, speak comes from a place, a real place, a heart representation of the, of the character himself, uh, Jamaican stuff. Is, was that important to you to, to portray in your performance? Well, playing Bushmaster was incredible because he, he really, you get to see the complexity of what it means to be a human who who's put into extreme circumstances. Mm. You know what I mean? And... Um, Villains are usually really one-dimensional, or the way that we think of things, uh, the villains is mm. one-dimensional. And like I said, like there's a the villains have grandmothers, you know, who bake them cookies. You know, they have a favorite dog. You know, there's soft spots, and you know, we don't see that when they're um, on a tirade. But you know, that is a part of their humanity too. And there's a reason. There's a wound usually, you know, that exists in a villain. Um, that causes them to act the way they do. And mm. I think that it's a good exploration to see that because a lot of times it's not their fault, the reason why they got the wound. True. You obviously have the comic book history to fall back on. Was there anything else you kind of used for inspiration maybe for, for, for your performance based or kind of wanted to touch on? Because I kind of got a bit of Carlito's wave kind of vibe to that, you know. Oh, you did? Coming in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was intentional or no, not. No, that wasn't, but that's a cool... Um, that's a cool yeah, I like that analogy. You take it, Ruben. Yeah, all right. I'm going to add that to my list. Um, well, you know, I like to, the way that I work is kind of different. I, I try not to emulate personas specifically, you know, but it's a vibe. So what I did is I watched, you know, I watched uh, uh, The Heart of They Fall like a thousand times. You know, it, it wasn't about Jimmy, you know, Cliff's performance so much as it was just taking in the feeling of, 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 of Jamaica and, you know, just the vibration of it, listening to a lot of Nyabingi music, mm. and then showing up to set and being honest to the story. Yeah. When, you, when you do that, I think you can't lose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And in terms of the scenes with Mike, I just mentioned to you there, you scared the crap out of me in that first scene. That's the one way to make an introduction with the 
yeah. you won't spoil it but uh, what, did you did you really enjoy the stunts and, and the action work because I think the first season won an award for like best fight sequences it was really really raised the bar but like in this season what, what would fans expect does it go that bit further yeah we go way way farther with the um, the, the, the martial arts uh, choreography and all of that stuff um, I love it because you know I have that background I mean I've done quite a bit of fighting in my life and also just I love being physical I work out all the time so it was you know it was kismet you know we we, uh, we found each other you t- touched on your background another thing you're very passionate about now is your music I was watching season one and just that bit with Charles Bradley just, just kind of broke me there he's got, but even like the soundtrack here was that something you're like even if you weren't working on set like I would just want to show up and see these oh, guys yeah. play yeah? I did I, I, I showed up twice um, when I heard that uh, Rakim was performing I mean we can say that now guys uh, <laughs> you know I, I mean I, I went out there and I stood the whole day you know it didn't matter if I was working or not because I mean you know he's a part of the culture and it was, it was super important um, aspect of the show is music. So, and in terms of uh, Luke Cage and the MCU, obviously you've got Rosario coming back, and the first season had reference to like the Judas bullet was from Hammer Inc. and stuff like that. Uh, is there a bit more for crossovers for fans to look forward to in this season? Um, they should just look forward. <laughs> you're not saying that. I tried to get out of listen to Mustafa. Anyway, best of luck with it. Really enjoyed it, Thank and you, uh, you know, keep doing really good work, man. All right, cheers. Believe me, out there. Because without me, God help Harlem. God help us all. Oh my God. Love me a bit of Fuji's. Who was that lady at the end there? That was... That's, uh, oh, what's her name? The villain from the first season. It'll come to me. Um, I mean, now we're from lots of other stuff. Yeah. Oh, well. That'll come to me. Yeah. But uh, guys, okay. <laughs> He's the new big bad villain. Uh, obviously, this year we had Killmonger. who's was Michael B. Jordan. We did. Andy Thanos, who kind of, kind of stole the show in an acting sense, would you say? Yes. Favourite comic book villain? Ah, that's that's a big one to just be dropping on us all of a sudden now. It's, yeah, well, mm. I don't know. Mm. We may keep it in like for next week. You can't just be like the Joker because yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> just been dropping big we'll, mega questions. We'll in the think of about that later. Yeah, there's lo- lots to think on there. Damn you to hell. So we are gonna jump into the review section of the show now. Now the first big one this week is the first purge, which is. Capital F first purge, not lowercase first purge, where we've come back and reviewed the first Ethan purge. Ethan Hawke, Lena Headey. Yes. And I remember seeing that one and thinking, wow, this is a really interesting idea. If only they had made this not just in one house. <laughs> and then they, that's exactly what they did with the second one. And I remember watching the second one going, wow, this, is, this continues to be a really interesting idea. If only they focused a bit more on the political landscape of the country. And that's exactly what they did with the third one, mm. with uh, election, election year. In fairness, their marketing was really clever. Oh, my God. With, like, and in fairness, it's the perfect time to drop this. Ah, 4th of July release in America. Uh, but the third one, election year, was focused on a potential female presidential candidate who wanted to change America for yeah. the better. And I was like, that's clever. But then Trump won. I was like, ah, oh, if only they made the purge that was focused on Trump's America. And here we are. Here's a clip from the first purge. <laughs> Join the first purge. Isaiah, come say bye. Go do your thing, sis. Always. I'll see you tonight. People are now calling this controversial experiment of legalized crime the purge. Do not purge! Do not purge! You and Isaiah, just stay with me doing the purge. Oh, we're going to be fine on our own. We are here with Dr. May Updale. She came up with this experiment. Is the purge a political device? It is a psychological one. If we want to save our country, we must release all our anger in one night. 
tonight. We'll see the good and evil in everyone. My God. That's so dramatic. So Mar- Marissa Tomei is the uh, brainchild behind uh, the entire love purge me, process. Mar- love me some Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei is apparently the guest of honour of this year's Galway Film Fla. Oh. So she's going to be in the country uh, in July. So if you love her, drop down. Say hello. Paul's on the way now. Be he's out the door. He's gone. Polite about it, Paul. I'll have to start reciting lines from my cousin Vinnie Tour. That'll impress her. I'm not creeper out in any way. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, I, 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 I can't love that. Foolproof. Yeah. Failsafe. Now, Rory, I believe you saw the purge this week. I did. I, 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 done, I done seen the first purge. I saw the car, I did, actually. I, um, I Have you seen any of the purges? Any of the I've, pur- seen, purge I've seen the first one, to be honest. And That's the worst one. Really? Yeah. Because it kind of put me off the second. But I, Fair. I've always kind of... Like, everything for everybody. Each to their own. But these films make so much money... Well, they're very, very cheap. Yeah, and Bloomhouse have kind of nailed that down a lot. They've had a bit of a bad year this year. Yes, yeah. But I, I kind of just don't get it. Is it just like random acts of like violence and like blood and stuff like that? And it's, well, like everyone, and I'm a big horror fan. Everyone have no real inclination. Not, not so much the first one because that literally was just people in a house trying to survive the night. But the other now three sequels, well, two sequels and one prequel, are all random acts of violence and people attempting to survive the night while there's a larger kind of political background story going on where someone's either trying to make the purge worse or trying to make it go away sounds like the warriors with blood essentially (laughs) kind of a purger or a purgy yeah Um, and the second one I thought was pretty good because Frank Grillo was in it he's just kick ass anyway the third one Grillo was back again I was like yeah I'm still on board for this I'm, I'm enjoying the idea it was fine it wasn't great this one kind of lost me a bit I thought it was pretty weak uh, it forgot to be a horror film entirely There's, uh, there was like the only bits where the film was scary at all was when someone would have suddenly appear in front of the camera um, there wasn't a huge amount of violence I don't remember one, at any point going ooh that was that was yeah, pretty gory yeah there's, um, a, there's a bit that is quite slashery and there's a lot of blood spurting but it's actually not too it's quite yeah, it's it pretty, pretty really. tame yeah. or something. Um, and at, at one point it was just like, well, no, I'm an action film. Yeah, it goes completely Rambo, yeah. which is fine because it's actually quite, it's quite fun when it goes full Rambo. Yeah, if I hadn't and done I enjoyed that, that whole film, like, but yeah, all right. yeah, it, it's because it has quite, it does have interesting ideas in there. Mm. Uh, and I, I mean, I did, quite, I really, I enjoyed the fact that there was like that there is strong female leads in this. Yeah, that you know that the the heroes really it's a fo- film that focuses on kind of the black community, and you don't usually see kind of that portrayal done quite mm. so that way I mean it's, sure. it's got a lot of it's got really interesting things going on but half of it doesn't make sense it goes completely mad in the middle and it really does turn into Rambo yeah and I really I actually I loved the Rambo side of it yeah but be Rambo from the start to the end or you know yeah don't be horror film yeah, and then yeah. be Rambo because that doesn't, that just work. doesn't work like. uh, it did feel a little bit to me as well that like they had watched Get Out and were like ooh yeah. uh, so raci- yeah. racism is a hot topic in horror now we can, we can do yeah. that but where's Get Out did it really, really cleverly. Obviously, its IQ was through the roof. Um, the first word is like, well, white people are evil and black people, every black person is good, even the drug dealers. Yeah, even the bad people are good. <laughs> um, so it was it was real, like, basic uh, screenplay stuff and it was just, there was just nothing in it where it was like, yeah, that's clever. And it's just, it keeps trying to, ref- every now and again, it will reference back to, like, Trump and you're like, 
why yeah they, I mean, they keep, it's that they throw in these kind of weighty moments and comments that yeah. really do fit in a different film yeah so a, much, a was, much cleverer yeah, film and I mean, you could see it, there could have been something really clever in there but yeah. it's like they just kind of went dash or feck it yeah. let's just throw the kitchen sink into this yeah. in the middle of a Rambo action scene they'll have a reference to Trump years there's something that just is yeah this kind of little <laughs> you should moment. put Rambo in the next Trump then in the next purge you should make Trump the baddie of the next Rambo That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. That's what. But, uh, save, save America. Should have purge show no signs of slowing TV series coming out yeah. as well. So Jesus, maybe that's the way for it. The TV them. series might actually work yeah, because it's, be it's not just the one night. It's 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 about the whole year. And, I think and it's the before the, the TV is before the first purge set, so it's like mm. a prequel season. So it kind mm. of follows it up until no, that. no. I think it was not. No, no I think it's set after the first purge, but okay. before. The first purge. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, the Cersei one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so you'd I wouldn't recommend it, no. I, I, like, I would not. I mean, you you know, the World Cup's on and not everybody wants to watch the I football. think there's better films out. I, I, think, <laughs> I think, I think it, people still will have fun with it. People are going to go and they're going to... still, like, still going to make money. It's still going to make money. But yeah. Uh, I just... But I, then, yeah, there's... I mean, if you're if you're short on time or, you know, you have to get to the football like Paul there yeah. now. Yeah. Or if, like, if, you've, if you've two hours until the next match is on and for some reason it suddenly started raining in this tropical island that we now live in it's so damn warm and uh, this happens to be on sure yeah sure geez, you need somewhere to go get air conditioned don't you yeah sweltering yeah yeah good point well made and, and enjoy the movie while you're at it get some air conditioning maybe yeah. watch film yeah yeah we'll see if you enjoy it or not <laughs> uh, so that's the first word up next is Whitney which is the I think second documentary in less than a year yeah Nick Broomfield did one I saw that one actually, yeah, yeah I think that one's on Netflix it is speaking actually, of good, Netflix yeah. specialists on Netflix and we really very un Nick, Nick Broomfield type topic I thought well, what's he normally do uh, what did Nick Broomfield did he did uh, did he do Captain Friedman's or something he did did he yeah uh, Captain Freeman's great, but I would never. I, could be, that I, I think I'm completely wrong on that. Actually, <laughs> someone get a phone there. Keep talking about Whitney. I'll go check. We'll that. check. We'll, we might check that up, or we might just continue talking. Uh, That's probably the best thing to do. <laughs> while I wing it, uh, here is a little clip from the trailer to Whitney. Her voice. I was totally knocked out. Woo! Oh, you miss something if you don't see her live. times when I would look up to God and I'd go, why is this happening to me? So, Whitney. Do you like Whitney Houston? Love Whitney. Do you have a favourite Whitney Houston song? Asher. Hmm. Is that as difficult as what's your, <laughs> what's your favourite Marvel uh, villain? You can't go wrong with Dance with Somalia yeah, exactly, or like, yeah. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's not right, but it's okay is, is up there for me. That's I pretty cool. I love yeah. that song. Uh, this one is directed by Ken McDonald, who is an Oscar winner, and he previously uh, directed a number of documentaries, including uh, Into the Void versus Touching the Void. Touching the Void. Touching the Void. And he did uh, the Bob Marley one as well, didn't he? He did. And he directed Last King of Scotland, um, which was fantastic. Uh, and this is... This has the full access to Whitney's family, and they are incredibly honest um, speaking about Whitney Houston's life. Some stuff uh, that I was shocked at how brazenly honest um, the majority of them were. But whereas the the other one, the Brumfield one, Hmm. Uh, documentary focused an awful lot on the kind of lost love of Whitney's life, which was Robin, her her kind of semi-best friend, but also potential life partner but if only you know her family hadn't stirred her so 
drastically away from being uh, into into being able to have a same sex couple. Um, this one focuses a lot more on on the drug aspect of her life. Um, uh, how I think the public perception was that Whitney was this perfect individual until she met Bobby Brown and he introduced her to the the, the stuff that would eventually be her downfall. And it, according to this film, she was very much into that well before she met um, Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. She like she was doing drugs with her family from the age of 16. Serious? According to this documentary, Jeez. yeah. Um, so there are some strong revelations right out, of, right out of the start of the film and then as it goes on, especially towards the end, there's a huge revelation that I had never heard before, uh, which I won't reveal here because it is, it is one that um, you should definitely go to see and go to set, uh, go to check out if you're a fan of Whitney Houston and uh, if you're a fan of biopics in general um, and it was shocking and I, I, I'm surprised it hasn't already kind of done yeah. the rounds in the headlines just in, in news sites anyway because it's it's quite a big um, it's quite a big thing to, to accuse someone of if it's the thing yeah there's there was one story on it if it's the thing that I presume that's the, the thing yeah that's it in the media I saw one uh, yeah, yeah I haven't seen any yeah, so I was, there was I was one and it, of, it was even quite a small halfway down a page thing <laughs> But it was surprised. it was uh, it was shocking. But they're like they, Ken McDonald. He also talks to uh, L. A. Reid. He talks to Babyface. He talks to Kevin Costner. He talks to like every kind of landmark individual that was a part of her life who was willing to take part in the interviews. Like there's no there's no conversations with. Uh, she was in a relationship for a long time. Eddie Murphy. He's not yeah. he's not talked to. Uh, and there's a few other exes of hers that also don't come up. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of new information. But even between this one and the previous one I found that neither of them particularly are interested in the actual music of Whitney Houston and why it is that her her songs have uh, remained so popular mm. over the years so I actually do think there's a third documentary to be made just kind of looking into the music aspect of her life instead of trying to constantly um, tabloid look, look up. for the dirt yeah, yeah. Like yeah. There, there should be more of a, a celebratory kind of aspect to everything of her, of her musical life as opposed to well did you know she did this and did you know she did yeah. this so what uh, does uh, McDonald do is it mostly talking heads does he cut it up with concert footage I mean um, Broomfield kind of started with some of her gospel mm. music back in her early days and I found kind of focused on that is that she was so religious yeah. it's kind of like the not saying this is the moral thing but it's like art against religion and you know the trappings of fame and she's all had this religious grounding and that was kind of the crux of her conflict there are, are demons but um, yeah how does kind of uh, McDonald shoot this there's a lot there's a lot of talking heads mm. uh, especially with her with her family and with her uh, friends um, and with the people that she worked with uh, but there's an awful lot of previous interviews like there's one she did with Diane Sawyer where she kind of finally admitted mm. to uh, the drug use and then there's reactions to those interviews as well so there's there's a, a mix of a lot of new uh, footage and then some older stuff as well uh, it is very very good um, like I said I still feel the Whitney story there's still two documentaries later there's still more to be told uh, but fans of her music and fans of her as an artist and as a person will absolutely love it and I really do recommend it and the last review we're going to do this week it's actually a film that came out last week but we were kind of up the walls with reviews last yeah, we week it was like six last week there's a lot of films to review and this one kind of got lost in the mix uh, but in the days that followed everyone whose opinion I respect and who had seen the film so that's not me 
who had seen the film uh, and also no it's not you but <laughs> um, uh, oh he's going to bring a gun to a knife fight had, had, said, had said that this was one of if not the best film that they had seen this year uh, so here is a clip from the trailer to Leave No Trace it's not a drill So that's uh, the trailer for Leave No Trace. It stars Ben Foster as a former army vet who is suffering from PTSD and he's living in the woods in Oakland with his teenage daughter and it's just the two of them uh, living in a tent and having a very minimal life where, uh, you know, there's, 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 they hunt for their food and they collect water falling from the trees and... <clears throat> It seems pretty uh, idyllic to begin with, and I thought it actually might have been a post-apocalyptic story, but it turns out that they have been living there illegally, and uh, the government come along and take them out and try to process them back into normal life, but it is not a life that Ben Foster's character is capable of living, and instead of trying to adapt for the sake of his daughter, he wants his daughter just to adapt back to how he would prefer to live, which is just isolated in the middle of the woods and alone. And it's from the director of Winter's Bone. Oh, I was thinking it sounds extremely like Winter's Bone. It's yeah. set in, I think, in the exact, I think it's in the Ozark uh, region that as was, well. That was an amazing film. Um, Real great. It was fantastic, and yeah. it's how the world was introduced to Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence yeah. and she was also nominated for that. She was. And the young actress in this, I do apologize, I've forgotten your name, but she is fantastic in it. Like, she gives a real, well, the director found Lawrence last time and this is her Lawrence this time like it is of that calibre oh really amazing and Bev Foster Cara uh, really Cara I know doesn't like Bev Foster I just have this oh, innate dislike of him. I, he's a great actor but I, there's something very uncomfortable about him no matter what he's playing or who he's playing if he's playing a nice guy or a bad guy it just carries through there's just I just I, I just yeah, I find him hard to trust I know that's a very strange thing to say. I'm sure he's lovely. I'm sure he's the nicest man if he's ever. He's listening right now. I'm sorry, Mr. Foster, if you are listening right now. I, I would happy to she meet you. Ha- I'd happily meet you and have a cup of tea over you, and, and you can mm-hmm. prove me wrong. But this. Just... But you wouldn't be leaving the cup of tea alone if you no, went to the no, bathroom. No, no, no. Right? I'll, I'll bring you two with me. He's considered. <laughs> there's just. I think he's very uncomfortable. Yeah, he just kind of. It's just. I feel like, well, I think the word you, I think what you want to say is he creeps you out. He creeps me out. Okay. Which, um, which is it doesn't normally happen with actors. Honestly, I actually really like him for that reason. I think he kind of inhibits. You like him yeah. because he yeah. keeps you out. Like ever since like six feet under, mm. I thought he, I was kind of thinking, like, this guy's going to have a career. And then even the small things, like he was the uh, in Thirty Days a Night, he kind of was the beckoner for yeah. that. The guy wanders in. He was so creepy. And in like stuff, stuff that hasn't been seen. A little same like Three Tenths of Yuma. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. He stole that film out from under Bale and Crow. He just has this uncanny ability, as you say, to just create characters. Uh, and also the thing I like about him actually is he kind of don't know that much about him yeah that's true yeah and like you don't I don't know anything really about his personal life and you know it kind of goes back to the Killian Murphy thing is the less you know about an actor the more they can fit the role yeah and in that sense he obviously has a dark penchant for kind of those characters but he plays them really well he does uh, I, I kind of agree with you both I think he's a fantastic actor and I do enjoy watching him in films but I also 
creep the hell out. I, I can't really. <laughs> it's, it's not just me then. There <laughs> is even playing something. a good guy in like X Men: The Last Stand. I was like, yeah, what's wrong just, with him? Or yeah. well, he, he's the weird was he in, in time as well? Was he in time? It's Killian Murphy and I think it was one of those films. Yeah. Um. So Leave No Trace, yes, it is very, very good. The two lead performances are outstanding. The writing and directing is incredible. It looks beautiful. Um, is it one of the year's best? No, mm. I don't think so. I think it is maybe this week's best film. Uh, and I do really, really recommend you go see it. Um, but I don't know, there was just something about it where I felt ever so slightly frustrated by some of the actions in, in the film and I would have loved and it really is, does go for the minimal approach where it doesn't try to explain too much uh, for why things are the way they are but just a teeny bit more would have given a lot Is it similar at all to Captain Fantastic? Family living off the grid and all that It, 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 like it has the same uh, or, or, has, a, has a similar setting I guess but like the tone is the exact opposite like they, they are all living kind of joyously together yeah, and, then when they, and then when they go to the city it's like wow fish out of water this is kind of hilarious but also there's a little bit of heartbreak this is the exact opposite of that um, yeah, it, it is very very good um, wouldn't be surprised to see one or two acting uh, Oscar nominations come next year but uh, it's not quite as good as, as, I've, as I've been led to believe uh, so yeah so that's Leave No Trace so, up next. Looking forward to being creeped out by Ben Foster. And I definitely just will generally. go to see it now, even though I'm creeped out by him, but it does sound like Yeah, do let us know. I will. Uh, I what you think. And maybe this is the film to turn you around. Yeah, you come back and you on, the creep, big... on the creepy scale, one to, one to like 11. Yeah. yeah, like one to Foster. That's uh, how <laughs> <laughs> you'd be posted on it. <laughs> like, you'd be, you'd be on an eye and be like, you have to save me this guy's a total Foster. He's like, total foster. <laughs> I, just can't, I can't deal. So, Paul, we got your fantastic example, High Clue. Earlier, I wouldn't use the word fantastic. We got something. We got a. I'm so I'm calling it a fantastic high clue. And now the car is up to date, and she oh, understands yes. the concept oh, of it all. Right. Yeah. Okay. We it, go it, back it's, to. It's clear as muck. I mean, it's, like, a, it's yeah. the it's the competition high clue now. So pens to the ready, peeps, because <gasps> here it comes. It is the originator, the the patient zero of high clues has sent one in because uh, you know we can't do an episode without Mister. Owned already. Um, so here is his competition like clue. How's it going there, Rory, Cara, and Paul? It's Owen here. Um, sorry, I couldn't be with you today. I'm actually on a top secret mission with two fellow film fans. Uh, Patty's here with me. Hey, guys. And Colm's here as well. That's correct. And we have rustled up a tasty little haiku. We actually think it's quite easy. So <laughs> if you don't get it, you're stupid. Um, not really. That's a horrible thing to say, but still. Um, okay, so here it is. Uh, we're going to do a line each. Line one is Popeye's partner's chief. Bigger would have been better. Stephen steers the ship. That high clue, one more time, is Popeye's partner's chief. Bigger would have been better. Stephen steers the ship. Teamwork, that's what that is. Just a wee uh, note on the first line. Popeye's is uh, apostrophe S at the end of Popeye. And partner's is also uh, the word partner with an apostrophe S. Uh, hope you're all having a class time. Miss you, why not? Yeah. Oh, I love. Oh, I love. Okay, say bye bye, everybody. Bye. See ya. 
Who the hell is that dude? I don't know. I don't know who those three people were. We need to start, like, you know, wheeling out the crazy people that call in here, like, like just, really weirdos. Yeah, yeah. I he uh, had a great accent though. Like, whoever the hell he was, he had a, he had a great voice. But if you come to contact us, send us nudes. I send <laughs> it week after week. I don't need any more high clues. I need more high nudes. I Fair. Now, 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 before you say a single word. You're not to say the answer of the microphone. Yes, this, this is, is for the listeners. One. What are we giving them? <gasps> Whatever they want, within reason. So nothing. An hour of <laughs> an hour of conversation with Rory Cash. They get a uh, another podcast episode next week. Ah, but we then so did that's the losers. Nice. That's, that's nice. Everybody's a winner in this place. We, we have goodies, though. Don't worry, we do have goodies. Uh, yeah, it's just something. Uh, uh, yeah, there was something sent in, uh, but it's in the uh, it's in the other room. It's good though. We have stuff. Yeah, we've stuff for the Loads winners. Loads of nice stuff. You're welcome, winners. But only if you get it right, yo. And in fairness, I think I'm going to write it down here, Rory, and see. Am I right? Don't look, you. I'm looking I'm at a, you. I'm looking. A, I have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling. It's I'm that. Right. Am I right? Where did you write it? There, top left. My. Uh, by the way, Rory's. I got used to. You can share your answers. I can't read that. Rory's just trying to decipher my crappy. Do you have kid, any idea what you think like about me? Oh God! I'm just there. Um, I wrote it in bigger letters for you. I don't think it's that. Okay. Oh, you don't know the answer? No, it's it's Owen's Oh, it's Owen's. All right. Oh, I don't wow. think it's that, though. I thought you knew the answer the way you were being all quiet. No, there. I no, don't. Just, so. like, just like messing with your head. Yeah. yeah. So how do we, what, do you have to track down Owen and make sure he, he, well, he, he comes he, back? He'll be uh, back from his top secret mission next week. What too. if he's not? What if he gets secreted away by black ops people and, and ends up in the desert with Paul's rabbit? Yeah. Well then, I guess you're back next week. Excellent. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> um, but yes, if you do think you've cracked Owen's high clue, do send us uh, what well, you think the correct answer is on Twitter at Big Reviewski or on WhatsApp. Any old number will do because we don't read them. Um, Carrier pigeon. Yes, smoke signal or that thing they have on the back of planes. Morse code. Well, that's not on the back of planes. So I presume you can attach a Morse code device to the back of a plane if you wanted to. Probably. Yeah. If we were spinning out, yeah, uh, get in touch. Cara, <laughs> yes, do. Cara, you uh, have you got anything for people at home? Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't like football the World or Cup. Movies maybe they don't or... like Love Island. Maybe they don't like Ben Foster. Like you don't like <laughs> Ben Foster. Maybe they don't like purging at all, or they don't like Whitney Houston. So I don't want to meet these I, people. I don't know if there's any humans left because that's a, that's a big list of. Oh, they're out there. But like them, I'm sure they're they're out there's there. There's a Venn diagram, and all those people are right in the middle. But if you got something for them with no Ben, no Whitney, I do no purging, no there's a, there's no a, love violence. There's none of those things. There might be a little bit of purging, but it's, it'll be a different kind of purging. Okay, uh, it is the it's the the, the remake of uh, True Grit. Oh, yeah, it good is on, show! It's on next Monday um, on Film Four, and uh, it's one of my favorite films. The original is is one of my top ten films ever, and it's one of the only times that I've really seen a remake that was almost as good as the original. Yeah, uh, it was it was slightly changed, but it was slightly truer to the book. Um, it's that bit darker than the, the original. I think nineteen sixty nine people didn't want so can't much. Too, yeah, you can't go too cult- dark. Culturally there. appropriate, as yeah, well, I imagine. Um, a fantastic film though and like such a great cast in it yeah got the uh, yeah. Carl Brothers and Jeff Bridges and Jeff Bridges Josh yeah. Brolin Hayley Stanfield is an amazing and our own Dongle Gleeson kind of steals Dongle, it yeah. Dongle Gleeson yeah. uh, brilliant film altogether I mean the original won so many Oscars this one was nominated for a whole pile of them uh, but yeah that's solid I think uh, yeah I think the Oscars are all like westerned out after No Country and yeah. uh, There Will Be Blood 
So they were just like, no, you've got, yeah, you've got your pity, Oscars it, Western. Yeah, it's a, so it's a pity it, it, it lost out on them. But it, no, it's great. Yeah, and the Coens are going back to Western. They're doing the Ballad of Buster Scraggs on Netflix, which is like an anthology Western series. So they can shoot good stuff that looks like it's from the West. And you only have to pay can. for your Netflix subscription. This really is the greatest is Netflix, this, this is the Netflix special we've ever done. It really done. is. <laughs> is this being sponsored? But, uh, <laughs> not by Netflix. <laughs> you should but, throw uh, one of those in. This Netflix, not, if you want to sponsor us, though. advertorial. Totally, but. totally down for that. So True Grits on Film 4 on... Film 4, Monday night, 9 o'clock... Uh, Amazing film. Well, well worth staying away from Love Island and football and I all them other things. I wholeheartedly agree that it's a fantastic show. Also, very quick show. We wrote about it on uh, Joe Lee. There's a new Netflix movie called Calibre, mm. uh, a Scottish set psychological thriller that uh, is probably one of the best thrillers I've seen definitely this year and in the last few years. I won't give too much away because I went in pretty much blind and was blown away by it. It is absolutely fantastic. So, uh, I know we've done an hour and I've given two recommendations this week but uh, he goes away and just like you know the fabric of this show is fall apart anarchy, anarchy we're, we're going to be purging ourselves <laughs> here literally stabbing each other in the eyes with pens Jesus Christ I, already I get first dark. up because I'm the newbie uh, she does as well there you go, you well, go and, she, and she's sitting closer to you who are you going to go for Rory well you know he's got glasses to get through that'll be hard work yeah, it's a lot of work a lot of extra it's taking work. a really dark turn isn't it you did this to us though that's true you did this to all us all on you sunshine lollipops so that's it for this week week's edition of edition this isn't a newspaper Rory this week's show of the big reviews cake <laughs> segment Rory this, this can be anything you want it to be okay this um, is the Rory show now uh, thank you so much yeah Cara. Oh, where, thank you thank you very much for, for having me today you were fantastic uh, where, where can people find you find you on the interwebs on the interwebs um, I, well I work with the Evening Echo newspaper so mm-hmm. uh, every Thursday there is a, a two page spread with my face on it and my take on films um, so if you're interested at all in seeing what Cara looks like Evening Echo it, although the picture is slightly out of date but we'll ignore that um, that makes it sound like you've, you've gone into witness protection yeah I have, yeah, I, have. I no Did longer I have the moustache I, yeah, I had yeah, to get no, rid of I got rid of that we're also um, posting all of so our personal details online with this episode That's oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 no absolutely your witness protection is ruined 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 and, it was worth it for Joe Land um, <laughs> so yeah, and are you on Twitter Twitter um, at Cara O'Doherty 8 I think it's 08. Oh my God, I don't even know my own Twitter. We'll I'm literally it. the first, I'm the first, there's two Cara O'Dohertys in this country, both of us working in media, which which has led to some confusion in the past. Are you sure it's not just you twice? It, maybe. I'm just, I'm not going to say more twin. than that. So <laughs> Evil twin, there. definitely. <laughs> um, but I could also be found at, I have a teeny tiny little miniature uh, theatre company. I do heritage and historical based theatre mm. um, and medieval costumed lectures and sketches about medieval life. So if anybody wants to see me in Tudor dresses and fabulousness, um, they can find me under Heritage Tales. And that's on Facebook, Facebook and Instagram, all the things, all the things, all of so. the interwebs. Fantastic, interwebs. Paul. Any any fun plans for the week? Any lots of World Cup, uh, World Cup, Love Island, all that stuff, all the stuff that we shouldn't be watching when watching Trigger. I'm going all over that, but uh, no, got to catch the carryout tonight. Can't wait for that. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm just gonna read all your stuff, Rory. Are you right? Yeah, all that, all that good stuff. All the love he, he does, all that he good does stuff. write good stuff. He does. He's good I can words. lie through my teeth. <laughs> on yeah. Yes, yeah. You, you're very nice to be on air. Uh, next week we have The Rock's new blockbuster, Woo! Skyscraper. Any fifty that. foot gorillas? I haven't seen it yet, okay. but uh, uh, Stay I, tuned. I, I think you might be the one 
to review that next week. Oh, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to the that. The Rock gigantic skyscraper. Like, explosions. I mean, it's yeah, like yeah, the it's Rock and I'm like, He's got one fine. leg as well. I That's don't care what he does. Like, he could literally, he could make a film about fighting with, with, with the... With the Gorilla, gorilla, he made it. Yeah, he did that all and right. it works. It was the best with, with, the of, with the battle of Coca Cola and him going to war, it'd be amazing. I don't, I, he's, he's so watchable; you can, you can do anything. Uh, we will also have reviews of Marabone, the new uh, gothic oh, yeah. horror that's a, produced that's a, by J.A. Bayona, who yeah. directed the uh, the orphanage. Yeah, I love that one. And yeah. we'll be reviewing The Incredibles too, <gasps> and <gasps> an interview with brilliant director Brad Bird. No, we don't. Really? We do, really. Yeah, he's the guy who also directed the first Incredibles, but he also directed Iron Giant, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, arguably the best Mission Impossible, depending Ooh, on where you are. that's I know. He also directed Ratatouille and Tomorrowland. Uh, Tomorrowland. Yes. Uh, and he was heavily involved in The Simpsons, apparently. I forgot he, he did Ratatouille. He created Sideshow Bob. He He's did. the guy who created Sideshow Bob. Ah, so he is a very, very it. interesting individual, and we will be chatting to him that's Next a good week. show. That's a good show. That's a good show. You got The Rock, you got you got, got the Incredibles. Yeah. You got yeah. you. <gasps> you got you? Yeah, we've the memories of Kara. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. I'll definitely I'll be definitely listening That's a now. week from today, peeps. Do not forget to rate and subscribe this show because it helps us a whole lot. Uh, and we'll be chatting to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.